Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that are looking to build strong companies, sales managers and sales VPs that want to take things to the next level, and of course, salespeople who are looking to improve. This podcast is brought to you by Calavia, the sales playbook platform made for your team by your team. The Calavia Sales Playbook houses your company's best practices, templates, and processes, and it also functions as a sales training academy for new and existing hires. Learn more at calavia.com. Today's podcast is part of our Sales Leaders Talk Sales series, always a lot of S's. Don't know why we named it this, a lot of S's, but you know, We like to talk to sales leaders about growth and development. And of course, this is Rebecca Toomey, and today I am talking to Rob Levin. Rob is the Chief SMB Officer for RSL Media. RSL Media creates programs that attract, engage, nurture, convert, and retain small and mid-sized businesses for brands such as SAP Concur, GoDaddy, and Charter Communications. He is also the Editor-in-Chief of Speak smb.com, which provides critical insights for executives who are responsible for marketing and selling to SMBs. Whoo, I need to take a breath here. I'm talking way too fast. (laughs) But we have a really special episode today because Rob is actually a marketing expert. So we are going to flip this sales leaders talk sales a little bit by focusing on the marketing side of business development. And really, we're focusing on sales and marketing alignment and how companies can achieve alignment between teams and what is relevant today. So, Rob, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me here. You know, I don't know if we talked about this, but I was a uh, Criteria for Success client a number of years ago. We have not talked about this. So this is I heard some rumors through the, you know, through the rumor mill, through the grapevine, all that. But I, I didn't realize I'm realizing it now. It's all coming together. There it is. (laughs) Well, good. So a lot of what we're talking about, you can really speak to from a from a context of I know what a sales playbook is. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. Now I know that I just gave you a brief intro, but since this is a sales show and all that, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about you. If you want to do a thirty second commercial, feel free. But if you don't, that's okay because you're in marketing. Well, you really nailed (laughs) what what RSL Media does and what uh, SpeakSMB.com does. So I think we got that covered. Uh, the interesting, I think the interesting thing about us and how I met Charles a long time ago is we actually started out as a media company mm-hmm. uh, serving uh, the small business market in the New York tri-state area. And then we quickly att- attracted a lot of national brands as advertisers and sponsors. And mm-hmm. we ended up selling our media side of the business in 2014 so we can focus on helping brands market and sell to the small and mid-sized business market. Interesting. So can you tell me a little bit more about the difference between that, between the media side and now what you guys are doing? Sure. So uh, in a way, we're doing the same thing we always have in that we're the bulk of what we do is creating content that these brands are using to attract, engage, nurture, convert, retain, cross and upsell. Mm-hmm. So. The only difference is is that we're not doing it for our own platform. We're doing it for clients. And now, of course, we have to incorporate marketing mm-hmm. and to some degree sales in, in mind when we're cre- – we have to keep these things in mind when we're creating these content programs. Okay. Cool. Very interesting. You know, I'm really excited to talk to you about sales and marketing alignment because this is obviously important, the most important thing <laughs> when it comes to a growing business. 
you and I have talked quite a bit about this topic, so I know that you have some really good ideas and I can't wait to hear them, but I'd like to start by building some context. So could you give me or tell me a little bit more about why it is so important? Why is sales and marketing alignment so important today? I sure can. So uh, first of all, I'm going to I'm gonna do it from my perspective, which is the B2B or more specifically the B2SMB perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of what I'll say certainly applies to B2B and, and may have some B2C implications as well. So if you think about it, what's going on today, certainly if you're selling to small businesses, but again, this could apply to selling to other businesses. Well, small businesses, number one, they're dealing with mass amounts of disruption, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So as marketers or salespeople, we're dealing with disruption. It could be technology disruption. Obviously, the way our customers buy is changing. But in a small business, you're dealing with this everywhere, in all parts of your business. I mean, you work for a small business. You see it everywhere. Mm The, uh, the way you manage people is disrupted. Laws and regulations, taxes are changing, all mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. So there's there's definitely a, a, a greater need than ever for understanding how to solve these things mm-hmm. at, at the small business level. So let's think about that. Okay. The buyer's journey is no longer linear, certainly not at a small business uh, level and, and not even for a lot of businesses. Uh, if you have a big company where there's a procurement department, it may be a little bit linear, mm-hmm. but it's in general because of distractions and so many other things, that process is no linear. And you don't know, this is really important when it comes to sales and marketing alignment, you don't know where the buyer is going. Even if you know, if you have a sense of where they are in their journey, you really don't know where they're going next. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's hard to know when they are ready to purchase in some sense because a lot of people, we're they're researching first. There's that research phase before they get to the purchasing phase, right? And they may, that's that's 100% true. Plus, they may go in and out of the process mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about it, you know, in the old days, it was great. Okay, you had an MQ, a marketing qualified lead, sales qualified lead. Now it's, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And of course, companies still need to, well, they still are drawing that line in the sand. But often what you're finding Sales gets upset with marketing because the lead's not really qualified. Well, yeah. it was a day ago, but it no longer <laughs> is anymore. Um, so, uh, and it, and here's the really, I think, the big thing, which is that uh, sales and marketing departments need to work together more than ever for this one reason, mm-hmm. which is they need to change their mission. Mm. They need to change their mission from we need to sell more stuff to how do we help our customers. If you have that mission, both in sales and in marketing, it's now consistent with the way people buy. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because think of your of your content. Your content could be literally what your salesperson says in terms of, oh, the best way to accomplish this is by this. And by the way, you can, you know, our product will help you do that. Yeah. Or marketing providing some content. Yeah. That's all on the same continuum for the buyer. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the whether it's the product that that gets purchased at the end or at the beginning, it's not even a buyer's journey. It's a search for how do I how do I do this thing better? Yes. Right. Yeah. So when you think about that, that's another reason why sales and, and marketing uh, need to be perfectly aligned because they need to be saying consistent things. You don't know where that handoff is anymore, mm-hmm. and it may go it may go back and back and forth. You're also now seeing marketing departments increasingly having more responsibility for revenue production on their own. Mm-hmm. Of course, that'll depend on your sales model and things like that. So yeah. those are those are a few reasons why it's so important. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we're talking about B2B right now. But if we think about it from B2C, a B2C perspective and we think about things like retail, 
we have so many options for who we choose to buy our products from, right? We can we can buy from Amazon. We can Amazon Prime it. We can go on Walmart.com or one of their subsidiaries now. We can go on Jet or Hayneedle or all of these options. And people choose those platforms based on how the company treats them when the problems happen. It's not about necessarily the beginning of it, I've noticed with a lot of people. It's oh, I got the wrong product, I did, it's damaged, it's this, it's that. Now, what is the company going to do to take care of me? And I got to say, like Amazon has done such a killer job that it's almost impossible to compete with them. Um, I had an experience recently, a bad experience with not Amazon, but someone else. And I guess I don't want to, you know, talk bad about them on the air, but I had a bad experience with a big brand to the point where now I'm like, eh, I'm never going to buy from their website again because it's garbage and my experience with them was not great. We can now take that to the B2B side and say, if we were to think about our customer the same way, how are we helping them and how are we dealing with their problems? Your theory completely kind of transfers over there. And there's more to it, actually. So your example was interesting. And on the B2C side, they now talk about this as omni-channel, right? Mm -hmm. So think about it this way. Imagine somebody goes into a high-end boutique uh, a woman goes in to buy a dress or something. And uh, wouldn't it be great if the person in the store, and, and, and let's say the customer um, identified themselves as somebody who, who, who frequents that, this brand, they mm-hmm. buy a lot from the brand. Wouldn't it be great, and this is happening to some degree, but wouldn't it be great if the, uh, the salesperson in the store actually can just pull up the profile of the person Right now, you're having a true omni-channel experience. You'll be yeah. able to see what they did online, what sure. their preferences are. It's going to make for a much better experience, and also obviously the same on the return side. Mm-hmm. Well, this you can actually make the same parallel in B two B. Cool, right? Yeah. Because if if I'm a salesperson, not only do I want to know the basic demographic information, I want to know the behavioral data. Well, what's some of the behavioral data? Well, content consumption is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. If I know that they consumed content you know, content uh, on, on A, B, and C, that gives me a sense of what's important to them. Mm-hmm. That's going to help me a lot as a salesperson. Definitely. And again, we'll create a better experience for the for the customer. Definitely. Now, this was not a question I planned on asking you, but I have to ask for my own curiosity. Content, right? We, you mentioned a little bit earlier that downloading a piece of content doesn't necessarily mean that someone is interested. So could you share with our listeners how how can they use that information and data the right way and not necessarily use it as, oh, someone downloaded an ebook, they're interested in us, let's give them a call right now, right this second. Which, uh, <laughs> you know, we've all been on the other end of those phone calls. <laughs> so, Salesforce, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on the list, yeah. Uh, so th- there's a real simple way to address this. Uh, you can call, you can call right away. Uh, I, I think email's fine, but you know, People know that if you want response these days, phone calls can whoops, phone calls can be really effective. Um, but here's what you do on the phone call. You don't say, do you have any questions about our product, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is what everybody's yeah. doing. Yeah, they are. I got a much better idea. I saw that you uh, uh, attended our webinar on this or, or downloaded our, our guide on, on the other thing. So as an example, we just did a webinar and have a guide on accelerating the SMB buyer's journey. Nice. So I saw... Um, you know, somebody had a, is a, that on demand right now? It is. Okay. I'll add a link to the show notes for everybody so they can check that out. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, you can find show notes, criteria for success.com slash pod one, one, five carry on. So, um, <laughs> somebody, uh, 
somebody attended that that webinar recently and they did a couple other things so their lead score went up so what did we do we sent them an email very simple but it didn't say like hey do you want to talk about how we can sell you some stuff it said notice that you uh, attended this webinar did you have any questions about how this may apply to your company mm-hmm. right now all of a sudden all right somebody attended the webinar they're probably wondering well how do i use some of this stuff here we are to answer the question and by the way that's consistent with what i said earlier mm-hmm. right in that our job whether it's a, wearing our marketing hat or sales hat in, in my company there's really no difference by the way mm-hmm. um, our job is not to sell something that'll happen on its own our job is to help the customer and you know people say well you know what i'm interested in speaking with you about your services can you do a presentation for us mm-hmm. we don't do presentations what we do is let's talk about what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. And at the end of that call, it'll be pretty clear. Yeah. Is there yeah. an opportunity here or is there not a fit? Either way, we're down for trying to help you out. Okay. So like an exploration call to get started is, That's right. is where you start. I received a really interesting email today and I just pulled up my e- my outlook so that I could talk to you about it because it's right in line with this. I am in a workflow for... Actually, this guy's awesome. His resources are really great. And he helped me a lot with learning about booking speaking engagements and things like that. I was looking for information about booking speaking for for Charles and for myself. And so I started, you know, getting into this guy's stuff. And I've been workflowed now for, you know, maybe two months, something like that. And it's gotten to the sales part now. And I really actually liked his email. The title of the email is, Can We Call You? And he said, hey, guest, at some point you signed up to hear more about how to build your speaking business. So I know your goal is to find and book speaking gigs. If you're serious about really growing your speaking business, then we'd like to talk to you. Myself and my team have our calendars open, blah, 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 blah. I thought that was a nice, soft approach to, you know, clearly I see that you are interested in booking gigs. Do you want me to help coach you on how to get gigs? It was an interesting inbound approach. I liked it. So just want to throw that one out there because it, it's right in line with what you're talking about, kind of, you know, that softer approach. Well, in this <laughs> case, I think uh, he is going He's going for uh, an opportunity here. He he's, is going he's for putting, an opportunity, but this was after months of so soft mentions. What we call that, we call that is you're earning the right for that occasional marketing message. He's earned that right. Yeah. This, this, yeah. this uh, engaged you. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about it. I forwarded it's, this to people. It, it, <laughs> talking which, about which it now. Great. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and you're you're not turned off by the content at all. Mm-hmm. And if you really are ready to speak with him, mm-hmm. he's asking for the business. You do, you know, one of the things we always talk about with our clients is when they put content up, you need to have different calls to action around the content. Mm-hmm. You might have calls to action that takes them to content that's more appropriate for the next stage in the journey, mm-hmm. in their buyer's journey. You might also have, you should always have a call to action on whatever your sales call to action is. Is mm-hmm. it speak to somebody, free trial, whatever it might be. Awesome. You always want to lead somebody and you certainly never want to get in the way of a sale. Sure. So you do want to have those call. And this is, again, is where sales and marketing need to be working together, right? Yeah. Um, you always want to have those calls to action out there. It's okay to, to, to in the right way, to ask for, are you ready to, to speak with us in a, in, a sales, you know, in a sales type of environment right mm-hmm. now? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but he, he he has earned that right to do that. Yep. And he's teed it up so that you're interested. 
Yeah, I definitely, I read his emails all the time because he sends great emails with valuable content that aren't salesy in any way whatsoever, which I like. And it keeps me reading. Got a couple of those. It's it's pretty cool when you get those. And then you get the really spammy ones. You're like, no, <laughs> unsubscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> so the, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, people don't, uh, Some unfortunately, marketers don't realize, it could be marketing or sales. Sometimes they don't realize that uh, whether it's bad content or asking for business or for the call in a way that just isn't natural yeah. is, uh, is going to turn people off. And that's different than than saying, well, those people are disqualified because they don't want to do business with me. They're not reacting to your offering. They're reacting to the way you're asking yes, about your offering. Absolutely. And that has everything to do with messaging, right? Yes. Do you have any tips for people about messaging and, or what should they do? Well, number one, earn the right, right? And, and a great way to do that these days is in, in our world, helping businesses deal with disruption, provide really good insights and expertise. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I said really good, really like more like great. Yeah. If it's just good, people are inundated, right? Mm-hmm. The other is, is be human. Mm-hmm. Be real. Just, yeah. I like the ones that I get. The sol- I'll call them a solicitation because, you know, I didn't ask for the email necessarily. But I like the ones where there's jokes or people use humor or they do it in a funny way. It, it does lighten the mood and it makes them seem more human. It's, it's a cool thing. For, you know, we, we've got both sides of it. So I'd love to talk about buyer behavior because that is a, is a huge thing right now. And that's something that's transformed. Can you speak to this? Yeah, we start. We we, we, we started, started the discussion, started right? So buyer behavior is changing. I just got off a call. How do I describe this company? Because I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, they're close to a billion in revenue. They they serve the small business market. Let's say with digital services, okay? And um, they they wanted to speak with us about can we help them with content and influencers and strategy and all of that, and. And they said, well, it's kind of new for us. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised because they're kind of late to the game. Okay. And I said, well, let me guess. The Your executive team is really believes in a sales, uh, a sales-driven uh, you know, revenue methodology. And she said, absolutely. We have 750 salespeople, uh, mostly probably all on the phone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 750? Was, right. Wow, and I didn't of, get into it, but I'm, I'm sure. A lot of calls. I guarantee you. <laughs> absolutely guarantee you that their cost of sales is going up guaranteed because just calling and saying hey you're ready to buy that those numbers are going down in terms of your success rate yeah or hi i'm your new rep here right (laughs) right right that's a that's a beauty that that one works so you know again the person i spoke to gets it it's about can you create a platform an educational platform Mm -hmm. um or you can even even consider yourself like a media company. I actually believe brands need to be thinking and acting like publishers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So can you do that to engage people? And by the way, when you do that, you're actually generating demand. If you call somebody up and say, "Hey, do you want to buy this, this, this? Here are the benefits." Well, they may not know enough about the product to say yes. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're educating them, you're generating demand. And by the way, yeah. let's not forget yeah. something else about buyer behavior. And I don't think this is new. I think this has been around for a while. There's been research that we've seen that says that 97% of your target market is not looking to buy today. 3% are. Mm. And, you know, you look at marketing departments and sales departments, they go, they spend all their resources for that 3%. And now you should put a lot of resources to those 3%. Those are the people who are going to make the cash register ring today. Mm -hmm. But what if you had an approach that 
engaged those that three percent and nurtured them, got them to the conversion point, but also engaged and nurtured that ninety-seven percent. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a content-based, customer-centric, not product sales-centric approach. Okay. Okay. So, what about companies that are not doing this now? What could they do to get started? What is content that's doable for a company that has never done this before? That's like a two-hour podcast I know. In, in itself, <laughs> I know. but I, I'll try to boil it down okay. to the highlights. Uh, so first of all, you need to develop a strategy. And that's where we, when, when we're doing work with a client, we try, unless they have it, we really want to work with them. It's collaborative on, a, on putting a, a content and engagement strategy in place. Okay. Very important. Otherwise, yes. you're reactive. You're just yeah. kind of putting things out there. For no reason. For no reason. Which a, a lot of people do to get their feet wet, which is okay. Like if you're just, all right, let me just blog a little bit just to get used to this and then I'll start really doing it the right way. Okay. If but, you're a small business, I think that's okay. I think yeah. if you're a larger business, there's you got a lot it. more at stake. Exactly. You, you got You kind of got to do this the right way. Yes. And what's absolutely. you know, there are so many things involved in in a content strategy in a playbook. Um, so uh, where would you start? I would start with well, what's the mission of the content, and then what are the goals? The goal, okay. mission, and goals are different, right? Okay. The mission is, what are we doing for the reader? Let's again think like a publisher, mm-hmm. right? What are we doing for the reader? Mm-hmm. So in our case, we launched this website, speaksmb.com. We want to provide insights, actionable ideas to B to SMB executives. That's okay. that's what that's our that's our mission there. Yes. Right? Now yes. what are our goals? Or what are what are the goals of, of let's say a, a larger company that wants to put together uh, an effective content program? Well, the goals could be to uh, reposition how the brand is perceived, right? I'll give you an example there. So uh, we did a, we've done a lot of work in the telecom space. We worked with uh, a cable company mm-hmm. uh, for their their business uh, their business uh, products, right? Mm-hmm. So you know fiber, all of that stuff. Okay. And you know what do most people think about cable companies and cable salespeople? Ugh. That, that was that was pretty accurate. Actually. Was it? Was yeah. it? Was good? Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to do it again. So. Um, one of the things we did for them is we actually put together a print publication. Okay. And you didn't see the company's logo anywhere on the on the front. And it wasn't about fiber, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it, now, there were some articles on, on connectivity and all of that other stuff. But it was on all of these other issues that, in this case, larger small businesses were dealing with. And it was a huge success. Salespeople loved it because now instead of saying, hey, do you want to talk about fiber? They're, they're saying, hey... There's a there's a this is a great publication that we happen to produce and there's an article here you mentioned something about you know um, you mentioned something about uh, how do I hire for growth right mm-hmm. well there happens to be an article in this issue about it, it you know is this a big issue for you are you growing are mm-hmm. you right and then bo- all of a sudden you're getting into a very natural conversation anyway very I digress content mission yeah. right and and yeah. goals so goals could in- include repositioning the brand. The goals can include um, attracting uh, a new audience. Please remind me to, to, to talk about audience okay. uh, at some all right, point. All right, I'll make a note. That's really important. <laughs> uh, it could be to uh, nurture uh, people who are not necessarily ready to buy, right? Like some of that 97%. Mm-hmm. Could be to create demand. Could be all of these things. Sure. Right. Then it's, well, okay. Uh, let's also take a look at the competitive landscape. Where is there a white space where we can really be known as a thought leader in this in this particular space. Mm-hmm. And of course, it should be related to your product. Then it's like, all right, how do we create different content for different parts of the buyer's journey? 
mm-hmm. the content at the at the beginning of the journey is going to be very different at the end. At the end, for example, and you guys are in the sales world, you'll appreciate this. At the end, what's great? What's great content to get somebody to convert? Well, what happens at the end of a process? Objections come out, <laughs> right? Yep. And my ex- experience is is that if you ask your top sales people for the the top objections, five five objections will be like will represent 80% of the objections. Mm-hmm. Write content around those objections. So this was going to be one of my questions is Sorry. how can, no, it's okay because it totally fits, was how can sales and marketing work together? And I knew what your answer was going to be because you and I have talked about this before. But exactly, if you start with the objections that salespeople are receiving from people when they're trying to sell as a point of content for marketing, that is a great place for sales and marketing to start. Absolutely. That, that's right. So now, you have your let's say now you have your playbook. There's a lot more to it than that, but um, we don't it, have two hours. We, we don't have so, two hours. But so. y- yeah, I, I get it now. What you're saying is, yeah. So uh, you have your playbook now. Now you have to get started. Well, you can. There's obviously a lot of options. You can use an internal content team or build your own. Mm-hmm. You can use external. You can do hybrids. We're seeing yep. more and more. We're doing more and more of that. Where client has a content team, but they look to us for an editor in chief role to fill some gaps, etc. Of course, you've already determined in your playbook, are you using internal subject matter experts and who are they? External, a little bit of both, et cetera. Um, the important thing here is to keep that hat on of my job is to help the business yes. or to help the help, potential help, customer. Yeah, That's help right. my customers. Right. So it's important to keep that hat on. And then, of course, there's distribution of content. But start just by building that library of assets. And again, doing it in a strategic way, making sure you have content for all parts of the buyer's journey. Okay. Um, What's the hottest content? Is it eBooks? Is it webinars, podcasts, video, all of the above, blogs? Yeah. They, look, they all work. Video, of course, is great. And and the challenge with video is how do you keep it short enough? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so video is great. Um, but, you know, a webinar, if somebody sticks around for a 30-minute, a 60-minute webinar, that's telling you that they're interested in something. Yeah. Again, they may There's not be interested in your there. product, but mm-hmm. if you've done it right, they're interested in something related to what you do what you yep. do. So, and if again, you're using a good platform, you can also see those insights as you're doing the webinar and get off of there and go, oh, these six people were communicating with me the whole time. They were interested. They were engaged. That's right. And my, my favorite is, I remember doing a webinar for, for a telecom company as well. And the questions that were coming in were buying questions. Wow. So, wow. you know, they were like, hey, you know, well, the brand was saying, well, we think it was successful. What do you think? I, I think it was a home run. We got <laughs> buying questions on a webinar. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Call your, have your salespeople answer these right away, you know? Yep. Um, Jump on. So, and, you know, that's, that's, that's two-way communication, which is great. That okay. It's a great thing you can do uh, on, a, on a webinar. Yeah. But uh, having that consistent – consistency is what's hot, by the way. Yes. Consistency is, is huge. And having enough frequency to keep people engaged. That monthly newsletter thing, that's out. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you have to publish it every day, which, by the way, you can if you do it. If you, at the end of the day, you know what's hot? Great content is hot. Mm-hmm. Content that, that people actually want to get. And there are yeah. brands that, 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 that do this. Yeah, we're big, 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 big promoters of having a monthly content calendar or quarterly, whatever works for your company. It depends on the company. Um, but for a lot of companies, a monthly calendar where you're, you're choosing to focus on a specific theme or objection or problem or you have a theme, there is a goal, a point that you're driving to, that's 
you know, a great way to get started. And actually, I'll throw in the show notes here. There, we have an ebook called Sales and Marketing Alignment, and it talks about that whole concept. So if you want to check that out, check out the show notes, criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 115. All right, audience, you wanted me to remind you to talk about audience. Uh, this is also what's hot. This is the future, whether you call it audience or community. This is where companies should be going. And some companies are there uh, already. Um, it's about building an audience. The audience consists of your current customers, prospective customers, people who could be customers but never will be, um, uh, subject matter experts, influencers, etc. Mm-hmm. Build, again, very similar to the way a media company does it, where you're, you're, you, it's probably going to center around a destination on your website, mm-hmm. right? where there's content, there's peer-to-peer content, maybe user-generated content. Um, there are customer stories, not testimonials, customer stories. Uh, and you're getting subject Ooh, matter I like experts. That. Customer stories. Cu- you're getting, you're getting like subject ma- matter experts weighing in, influencers, et cetera. And people, c- now it's a destination for whatever space, whatever your, whatever space you're in. And of course, people are getting newsletter emails from you, right? Mm-hmm. And what did we say earlier? When you are delivering really good value and people want to hear from you, Having a call to action that's more of a marketing message every once in a while is totally fine. You've earned that right. But the important thing, I think, for a lot of brands is to realize that you have to build your own. Mm -hmm. You can't build this on Facebook. (laughs) You can't build it on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can use those platforms to drive people into your audience, but you don't control those platforms. The rules are changing all the time. Always. You have to build your own audience, build your own platform. Definitely, because the thing is, too, if you spend all of your time focusing on one platform, you don't know what could happen. Think about Facebook. And now we have Instagram. Nobody cares about Facebook anymore. It's all about the gram. So you can't put all of your eggs in a basket that you don't have control over. And if you have content that's living and breathing on your own website, you own it. And you can still push it out to attract people. And there's people who may not want the email that are already in in your community, in your audience. Use social to, to, to bring them back in. Yeah. But it's it's not about building an audience on somebody else's platform. It's about one that you control. Definitely. All right, so we're really big readers here. Do you have any great books that you'd like to recommend? Before we get to books, let's talk about podcasts. Right? Yes, Every, I mean, yes, they're, they're absolutely. Huge, right? Uh, of course, I like the Tim Ferriss podcast, and there's some health-related podcasts I like. But in the business space, I like the marketing book podcast. Uh, Douglas, who, who does the podcast, does a great job. He reads a book every week and then interviews the author. And increasingly, more and more books are on sales. Awesome. Um, because of okay, course cool. the, the worlds are kind of coming together. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also like the marketing, the, the podcast by marketing profs. I believe it's called marketing smarts. Okay. Um, in fact, I was listening to that on the way over uh, gr- great podcast. Uh, that, that one's about 25 minutes, really easy to, uh, to, uh, to listen to. Okay, cool. And then on the book side, I'm going to go a little, you know, I'm going to go a little bit uh, out of school here and uh, a book I just finished reading called the war of art. Mm-hmm. Which is, it seems that it's written for the creative person. Okay. In that, um, you know, creative people struggle with a lot of things, including dealing with procrastination and stuff like that. And, you know, as a business person, even though I'm, I am creative in terms of we do creative work for our clients and we, uh, we do our own content. I, you know, I, look at, I looked at this as this is something that everybody can, can take away because everybody can learn something from because... We're all artists in our own sort of, in our own way. If you're a salesperson, you're a marketing professional. Even if you're in, in technical spaces, you're, you're, you're an artist. And if, 
really what life's all about is about doing the best work you can. Mm -hmm. And this book is all about that, is how do you get the what they call the resistance out of the way and do your best work. Mm -hmm. I, I, I loved it. That's I awesome. That's awesome. And something that we were talking about before I screwed up and uh, literally stopped our recording was we were talking about the idea of having salespeople contribute to content, right? And having salespeople write content and kind of be a part of this. And we know that it's a sensitive area to get started in those kinds of things. And something that you encourage is just write, just start writing. Salespeople should should and and do have the best content. Now, whether or not they put it on paper or on the computer is a whole nother story. Salespeople, particularly the really good ones that are very consultative and are really about helping their, the, the customer, they have dozens if not hundreds of stories of customers absolutely uh, things related to their product things that maybe aren't related to the product yeah um so salespeople should be an amazing source of content again usually the better ones uh and uh you know if you're not sure where to start do a q a mm -hmm. where the marketer is sitting down with the salesperson is, and is asking questions yep you can have that transcribed yeah happen in absolutely. just you know a matter of minutes <laughs> these days um Salesperson can interview a customer. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to go this, uh, go, to go about this. We we always talk with our our clients, and we can help them get in front of customers on a frequent basis. It's important that the marketing departments uh, are in front of customers too, so that hey, we're creating, we're marketing for, to these people. We should kind of know them. Yeah, um, I'm always shocked. Again, we're in the the B to SMB space. I was just at a conference in Chicago, and somebody said, well, you know. How many people here know more than 10 business owners? Mm -hmm. And like a third of the room raised their hands. I was shocked. Wow. Like forget that you obviously have an aunt or an uncle that has a, has yeah, a business yeah. somewhere. Like how are you marketing to this audience without knowing them? Sure. Well, your salespeople does. So worst case, you're going to talk to your salespeople. But ideally, yeah. you're actually getting customers um, in, in front of the marketing de department. And by the way, while you're doing that, you can get some customer stories for some of your content while you're, while you're doing it. There you go. Great idea. And I just want to throw a note out there that if you are a salesperson and you're listening or you're a sales manager and you have salespeople, anyone can write. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're even if you're a CEO, you have valuable insights to share with the company. So we can, you know, there are ways to figure out how to produce that company content. Like you said, you could do a Q&A or whatever. But it's all about practice and, you know, we had been talking about the war of art, the the book just do it. So just do it. Just get out there and do it. Just get started. Now, Rob, I want to ask you, because you are a very wise man, <laughs> what is one piece of wisdom that you would like to pass along to our audience? I'm going to double down here on transform your, your entire company to not, not about how do I sell more to the customer? How do I help the customer? If you do that, and that's your mission, and it's reflected in the way that your marketers operate the way your salespeople uh, speak and and do business with customers you're the way your your uh, customer support people uh, act uh, it's going to change everything and the results will follow for sure that should be the mission of the company it shouldn't be about we're going to sell more widgets mm -hmm. it's going to be we're going to empower we're going to help these these customers do better at whatever that you know we help them do better with and uh, that's really powerful I love that advice. You, as you were saying that, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a marketer. I'm thinking in my mind, wow, we we're gonna quote quote you quote Rob. He's gonna be forever known as being quoted for saying this. <laughs> it's all about the customer. It's all about you know helping other people and not about the sale. 
unfortunately. The sale, don't get me wrong, the sale's important. Of course. Right, cash register's got a ring. But the perspective on it. That's right. It's kind of, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book, You Can Heal Your Life. I talk about that book a lot on this podcast for some reason. It's not a sales book at all. It's basically a book about mindset and how what you think is what happens to your life, like what what you think you become. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea, there's one whole chapter about finances and money. And she talks about how we we have this tendency to think about money in a very negative way. Uh, I'm never going to make enough, you know, I'll never make enough money or I need more or I always struggle with money or I have these problems. And it's not until you shift your mindset about the way you think about it that you'll start to see good things happen. It's really interesting. You are what you think. Exactly. Exactly. I'm giving you a whole bunch of quotes today. You are, man. You're so see, I told you you were wise. <laughs> now here at CFS, we are obviously all about that sales playbook. And we're always looking for tips that managers, CEOs, and salespeople can share in their playbooks. Being that you know all about the the criteria for success sales playbook, I would love to know if there is an actionable tip that you would recommend our listeners add to their playbook. I'll just throw one out there. And again, it's around helping the helping the customer. So you know, I was sitting down with a client um, six months ago, and uh, again, very sales-driven organization, a lot of lot of telesales people. And I said, you know, I asked the question, which is, what happens when somebody calls in? They they want to know about your product or service. I'm not going to say who it, who it is, uh, and they don't buy. Mm-hmm. What happens to those people? And they all looked around the room. And they said, "Gee, I don't I don't know." Mm. So I go, I, "I guess you're not nurturing them, right?" They said no. So here's a here's a playbook, which is that call should be around number one, helping the customer, mm-hmm. right? Helping them understand what their needs are, giving them ideas on 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 what they should be doing, what they should be thinking about when they're buying the product, right? And then, by the way, if they're not ready to buy, they just may not be ready to buy then and there. Mm-hmm. You can continue to help them afterwards. Make sure you get their email address. This company wasn't doing that surprisingly. <laughs> And, capture. <laughs> and and send them content that helps them. And you know, and then by the way, next to that content, if you are ready to buy, mm-hmm. just click here and we'll, you know, we'll take care of you. Yeah. Uh, I, and I cannot imagine a situation where you're not going to convert three to five percent of those people that didn't buy right away that previously just were ignored. Sure. Yeah. So have a playbook around nurturing uh, I- both existing leads, of course, but even leads that are quote unquote lost. Okay, awesome. So in the prospecting section of your playbook would be a great place to add this under lead sources or I'm, I'm sorry, that's not the right It, it may not be in the prospecting section. It might be yeah. it, when, when things are, are, you know, in sales and, you know, you have a lost lead, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't yeah. a win. Yeah. Well, kick them into a, into a, a nurturing campaign. Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, that may be more of a marketing. Yeah, I think it might fit better under support and marketing, but, right. you know, but it, you it know, all depends look, on your playbook. If the That's right. And if the ticket price is high enough, then the salesperson should check in. Don't consider it lost forever. The mm-hmm. salesperson should check in mm-hmm. offering some content. Hey, you mentioned when we spoke, you mentioned this A, B, and C. Yeah. I thought that this might be helpful to you. Yeah. Awesome. And then in the PS, you could say, by the way, you know, if you if it is a better time for you to buy our widget, you know, click here for my calendar. Totally. That works. That's great. Thank you so much. What a wonderful tip. And thank you so much for being on the show today and for all your insights. Thanks for having me. This has been great. I can't wait to quote you all over the internet. (laughs) 
And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to today's show. Again, you can find those show notes at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 115. And tune in next week. We are going to have a CFS ebook interview. And all month we are writing about planning and alignment on the CFS blog. So check that out, criteriaforsuccess.com slash blog. If you're loving the show, I would love to hear from you. If you hate the show, I would love to hear from you even more because then I can learn things. So please shoot me an email, podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Please subscribe. Please share it with a friend. That is how we grow and we really appreciate you guys so much. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by myself here, Rebecca Toomey, Ariana Miskell, and Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling. <laughs>